This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Alec Feldman, the podcast from Wizard Radio. We've taken his show, broadcast live on Saturdays between 3 and 5, then cut out the songs, news, and other bits that aren't very interesting, leaving you with about an hour-ish of sweet, juicy content. Mmm, mmm, mmm content. Just one more thing. Don't bother sending in any messages, we'll probably never see them. You may be charged, but your entry won't be counted. Because this isn't live, obviously. It's a podcast. It's already happened. In the past. To get involved, just listen live on Saturdays between 3 and 5 on Wizard Radio Station. I'd like to be able to say you won't regret it, but I can't. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. It's funny James mentions the West in the weather, actually, because Kim Jong-un has once again been hitting out against the West. This time, regards to personal grooming, he's banned haircuts, and he's approved haircuts based on how decadent and western they are. So basically, there are now only 15 haircuts that are approved in all of North Korea. Everything else, not allowed, too western. So let me just read you a few um, extracts from the the band and allowed list. So on the allowed list, we've got the Rachel from Friends, uh, the Skinhead, Jedward, Brian May, James May, Sia, and Richard Hammond pre-2007. Meanwhile, on the the band list of haircuts in North Korea, we've got Richard Hammond post-2007, any haircut Emma Watson has ever had, the old uh, lopsided Ava Max, and the mullet. So take those pictures to the barber with you next time you travel into North Korea. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Manchester, Alec Feldman. It's Wizard Radio. That was JP Sachs. And like that, and before that, regard, Troy Sivan, Tate McRae with you. I'm Alec Feldman. Good afternoon. How are you? Have you been, have you been alright? What have you been up to? Um, well, not on last week, so have I missed much? Have anything, has anything exciting happened? I don't know. Um, but I'm on, I'm back, I'm live till 5pm. Hello. And on the show today, um, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling warmongery. I have information on not one, but two wars that are currently going on, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about it and how you can help. Maybe not the how you can help bit, but two wars coming up on the show today. One of them involves vegans and one of them involves the French. I will tell you about both of them before 4pm. This is a very war-heavy hour. The War Hour with Alec Feldman. Anyway, that's coming up. Also, I'm an influencer now, I've decided, and I'm going to try and influence you on something lunch related at about 20 past four. I want to talk about shopping centers. I want to talk about the important matter of safety. Um, And um, it's Eurovision today. It's a big day for a lot of people. It's the first Eurovision since 2019, which is really exciting. And you might remember on the show last year, I was able to speak to the cousin of the Icelandic Eurovision entrant, Daddy Freya, who had that really catchy song, um, was it called Think About Us, I think. Anyway, I'm interviewing her again today ahead of his actual performance at Real Eurovision, except it's sort of not an actual performance because it's been taped because someone in his group has COVID. But anyway, I haven't got Daddy Frere, but I have once again returning to the show, got his cousin, you can hear from her, she's called Florence, not just Daddy Frere's cousin, you can hear from her at ten past four as well. And I've got loads of music from Doja Cat, from Mimi Webb, from Gracie Abrams, from Bella Porch. It's all coming up. So I don't see what better you have to do, really. Um, So just just hang out with me for a couple of hours and we'll have a nice time. Before we get into the show properly, though, 
I do need to tell you about the worst and the best things in the world this week because otherwise, I mean, how do you know what's going on? How do you know what's happened? How do you know what culturally significant events have happened without me telling you what the best and the worst things in the world are? So let's begin with the worst thing in the world this week, which is actually some quite sad news. I don't know if many people are into Alan Partridge. I feel like it's kind of a bit more of a, <laughs> a 90s thing. But Alan Partridge is this comedy character. He's been around since the 90s, but weirdly he has he's currently on the telly again on BBC One. He's this, this, this guy. He's a TV and a radio presenter who has no self-awareness and really cringy. I'd recommend a watch. Um, but because of him, there's now this whole concept of doing an accidental Partridge. When you do something that's just like, well, that's a bit partridge, isn't it? For example, if I came on the radio and I said something like, Gracie Abrams and mess it up. I wonder what it was she was messing up. Maybe her shoe rack was out of order. Or possibly she spilt a load of oil on the floor. That kind of weird, cringy, not funny stuff. That is an accidental partridge. And there's a Twitter account called Accidental Partridge that points out all these accidental partridge moments that happen from people in the public. Richard Maidley is very, very guilty of accidental partridges. Um, and this Twitter account is brilliant and it's been going forever and it's being shut down. The account is closing. They've like signed off. They said, thanks for all the fun, but bye. We're not doing it anymore because apparently the creators of Alan Partridge, or not the creators, the people who own like the rights to him, have served them with a legal notice <laughs> and so they're not allowed to do it anymore so they can't call out all these minor celebrities for saying ridiculous and embarrassing things and I'm really sad about that I love Accidental Partridge, it's an institution and it is sadly no more so a moment of silent respect for Accidental Partridge thank you on to more positive things though the best thing in the world this week or at least one of them is um it's a member of my own family actually i don't want to name them because um my my parents generally tell me i'm not allowed to talk about family members on the radio just in case they hear it so i'm not going to name them um but i i would like to give a shout out to a member of my family who um sent me a message it, this wasn't actually this week I, i've got to be honest it was last week but whatever i haven't been on the radio since a member of my family who sent me a very nice birthday message because it was my birthday the other week. I am now somewhat older than I was previously. And to celebrate, they sent me a very nice message, you know, wishing me a happy birthday. On LinkedIn. You know, the, like the really boring professional social network that everyone loves to hate and hates to use but still kind of has. That's where I got my birthday message. That was that was nice. It was I mean it was a nice surprise to get it. You don't normally get much good contact on <laughs> LinkedIn, so it was very touching. So that I very much enjoyed. Um, more LinkedIn birthday messages from family members, please. And the other best thing in the world this week is um, James Corden, which I didn't think I'd be saying, but I'm only saying this because he looked silly. Um, he's doing that friends reunion thing, isn't he? But I'm not interested in that. I'm um, more interested in his Twitter. There's that meme that's going around at the moment about these group of lads that bought an old man in a Weatherspoon's a pint because he was too old to work out how to use the ordering app. And people have been taking the caption from that and just putting pictures of random old men on. One of those random old men that they put a picture of was Wayne Lineker, who is the, the sort of very unknown older brother of Gary Lineker off of Crisps and TV. They're very different people. I don't think they speak that much. Um, Wayne Lineker owns some like clubs in Ibiza or somewhere. Um, but there's a funny picture of him looking a bit <laughs> worse for wear next to a swimming pool. And somebody stuck that fo photo on the like, oh, we saw this confused old man in a Weatherspoons. And James Corden retweeted it and said, oh, something, something like, oh, this is so nice or something like that. And then deleted it when he realised that it wasn't a real story about an old man. It was Gary Lineker's brother. And anything to make James Corden look a bit silly is fine with me. So those are the worst and best things in the world this week. Accidental Partridge has been shut down. Boo. Someone from my own family wished me happy birthday on LinkedIn. More of that, please. And James Corden looked like a Wally. Amazing. Coming up next, the first of the two wars that I would like to monger this afternoon after Gracie Abrams. This is Mess It Up on Wizard Radio. Gracie Abrams and Mess It Up. It's Wizard Radio. I'm Alec Feldman. Hi. Bella Porch is on next. 
I promised you war. Uh, this is the war special. And the first war I would like to talk to you about is a war amongst vegans. The vegans are at war. Uh, with who? Well, with, with lots of people, which isn't that surprising, really, because, you know, the whole thing is, like, to stop people from eating meat and stuff, so it kind of makes sense that they're at war with everyone. I was reading earlier that a load of vegan protesters have been down to, like, McDonald's distribution warehouses, and they're kind of protesting and blocking them and stopping all the trucks from getting out because uh, their demand is for McDonald's you know McDonald's, the the burger, fast food restaurant that famously sells burgers made of meat. That's that's their thing, right? Uh, they've asked McDonald's, who sell burgers made of meat, to go fully plant-based by 2025. Um, a reasonable demand, I'm sure you'll agree. Um, and that that's going on. That's one group of people the vegans are at war with, uh, McDonald's. I can't see that one going particularly well for the vegans <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if mcdonald's just turned around like tomorrow and they're like right big mac we're getting rid of it the uh chicken mc whatever it's gone vegan only i i can't see it you know noble noble efforts but i, I don't think it's gonna happen you know pick pick your battles carefully but the vegans are also at war with with the vegetarians which is not something i expected um if although you know what if anything it's kind of the other way around the vegetarians are at war with the vegans, which sounds weird because when you think about vegetarians, you know, imagine a stereotypical vegetarian in your head right now. They're not generally the kind of people that would about anything, uh, but they are kind of at war. Um, and I can I can talk about this without you know being just some idiot commenting on when he knows nothing because I am sort of actually I'm I'm, I'm not really a vegetarian am I? I'm sort of veg I'm a pes right I'm a pescatarian who has occasionally eaten meat, but for the large part is pescatarian, which I know is not quite the same as vegetarian, but I, I was raised thinking I was a vegetarian, even though we did eat fish. But anyway, I, I, I have some kind of steak, no pun intended, in this world is what I'm saying, which is why I feel like I can kind of talk about this. So basically, the vegetarians are really angry at the vegans because the vegans, it's kind of, the, the brand is just much better. You know, you think about a vegetarian, you think like, Middle-aged man, uh, woolly jumper, beard, glasses, maybe like socks and sandals kind of vibe. Vegetarians, they're not cool. Whereas vegans, you think vegans, you think young, you think, I don't know, they ride a bike and they wear uh, environmentally friendly clothes and they're a bit cool and they're a bit hippie. The image is completely, completely different, which I, I think might be one of the reasons why the vegetarians are getting a bit jealous because the idea of veganism is a lot cooler than the idea of being a vegetarian. But also, the vegans are kind of stealing the veggies' thunder. Because veganism, it's growing. Every day, every week, every month, every year, more and more people are like, right, I'm going to go vegan. Vegetarianism, nobody's really getting on board that hype train at the moment. It's not some. It's not like a trend to jump on, being vegetarian. Everyone's just going straight from, I don't know, eating loads of steaks to being like, right, I'm a vegan now. And I think the veggies are feeling a bit left out there. But the main battleground of this war between vegans and vegetarians is restaurants. Because as, as, as someone who has grown up sort of vegetarian, um, it is kind of annoying when you like eat out somewhere and you can't eat most of the menu because it's got some kind of meat in. So you're already pretty limited in what you can have. And then, you know, there might be one or two veggie options. But now, because of the vegans, there aren't really veggie options at all anymore. There's like the meat options and the vegan options that are plant-based or whatever, but there's there's nothing for like the halfway house. So basically vegetarians are angry that vegans are taking away their cheese and their dairy. And now there's there's nothing that's made just for them on the menu because it's either the meat option that they won't eat or, you know, vegan stuff with plant-based milk and soya and, you know, no halloumi. Halloumi's been cancelled. Risotto's been cancelled. All of these things that are like staples of vegetarian menus now no longer exist because of the vegans and the veggies are angry they're not happy about any of this they feel like they've had their thunder stolen they're losing out on the menus and the vegans are all you know living it up with an expanding range of like vegan food every day basically and it's just it's just a tough time to be veggie and they're getting a bit bitter and they're they're at war um i don't really know if i have a 
a side to pick here. I guess naturally I would side with the veggies because I quite like milk and stuff and I do really only eat veggie options. So I think yeah, I'm gonna plant my fag flag on <laughs> gonna plant my flag on the uh, vegetarian camp, I think. And just hope that the veggies have it in them to win. They probably should win the war. Because, you know, they do get more protein in their diets from the calcium and stuff. So, fingers crossed the veggies have got this one. If not, then I guess it's jackfruit for the rest of my life. Good. That's a, that's a, a promising thought. Anyway, coming up next, I would like to talk to you about another Western capitalist thing. Not McDonald's, but shopping centres. That's coming up in a second after Bella Porch and Build a Babe. It's Wizard Radio. Bella Porch and Build a Babe. Wizard Radio. I'm Alec Feldman. Doja Cat, that good song with Scissor called Kiss Me More is coming up next. Shopping centres. They are, I mean, they're a British culture institution, aren't they? Every town, every town centre has one of these shopping centres. Uh, it might be an Into, it might be the Mall, or it might be just its own thing. There's, there's lots of them. I could go on all day. There's the Broadwalk in Edgeware, big up. There's Trinity Leeds. There's Meadow Hall. That's a huge one outside Sheffield. I mean, there are so many. This They are such a thing. And I feel like loads of TV shows get set there. If you're on the news and you go out and talk to members of the public, half the time they're in like shopping centres. They are a cultural institution. So much so that the actual New York Times wrote an article this week about a shopping centre in Nottingham. The New York Times, New York City, are talking about a shopping centre in the East Midlands. I mean, that that just goes to show just how much of a British institution they are. Um, and they're always a bit grotty, a bit rubbish, uh, and they've always got a sort of a distinct thing, uh, a, like a unique character trait. I was just saying with producer James Gilmore, there's one that was, I think it's still there. Yeah, the Broadwalk in Edgeware that's near, near us in northwest London. And the sort of the thing that's distinct about the Broadwalk, again, just it's all right, but slightly grotty. You know, it could be worse, but, you know, it's not an enjoyable place to be. Really strong smell of that massively sweetened sweet corn that you can buy. You know, the hot stuff. The whole place stinks of that. That's kind of the unique thing about the Broadwalk. But I had the displeasure this week of going to a big shopping centre that I've never been to before. The reason I've never been there is because since this pandemic started, I kind of uprooted my life and moved to a new city and everything's been closed for like a year. But here we are, we're in Manchester, and the big shopping centre, just outside of like Manchester, is called the Trafford Centre. And it's, I mean, it's, like I said, an institution, it's this huge thing. People from all around the Northwest go to the Trafford Centre. It's got like hundreds of shops, and my friend, my friend James from home, happened to be up um, in Manchester for something. And he was like, hey, I haven't seen you for ages. I'm going to the Trafford Centre, do you want to come with? And I was like... Yeah, yeah, right. I've never been to the Trafford Centre before. Why not? So, off I off I went to the Trafford Centre. I got the bus, and I even before I set foot in the Trafford Centre, I was just a bit amazed at what it's like. Not it, not in a good way necessarily, because even outside they've got all these decorative like mace. Is it called masonry? When they've got concrete statues on the outside of a building, because that's what it is. They've got these weird Roman figures outside the building, which is kind of not what you'd expect from a shopping centre, but there you go. Uh, and that's the thing. And then I got inside, and they had more Roman figures everywhere. I don't know why. They've just got these, like, statues of Roman people in fake copper whatever that are made to look like they've kind of gone green, but I don't think they're actually made of copper. Loads of Roman statues. Do you know those fish statues that they had in the Roman times? They had them... They've got these massive fake marble columns. Again, why? I don't understand. Like, what's it trying to pretend to be? I don't fully get it. And then randomly, in the middle of the food court, there's just there's just a pool, a uh, pool of water. I don't I don't understand who designed the Trafford Centre. I don't understand why they designed it like that or what, what they wanted it to feel like or look like. It's just weird. It is a weird place to be. I didn't like it very much, to be honest. And like I said, every shopping centre has its own weird, distinct character to it. So the Trafford Centre's got the fake Roman Greek, doesn't even know what it wants to be decoration. Uh, there's one in in like Finch, it's not Finch, it's like Hampstead, called the O2 in London, right? Uh, it's not like this anymore, but I remember going there when I was little, and for some reason all the escalators were kitted out in fake coral. 
and there was like a, a little pond stream just running down the middle of the escalators. Again, I don't know why, but it's just just there. Um, and all of these shopping centres have a weird, distinct character. They've got a name. They've got I don't know things that just completely unique to them. And I want to celebrate that this afternoon. A huge icon of British culture, the local shopping centre in town. I want you to tell me about yours. I've told you about <laughs> loads. I've told you about the Broadwalk and the Trafford Centre and the O2 on Finchley Road. Now it's your turn. My number is 07807 183 538. Can you depress me just a little bit by telling me about the shopping centre in your town? Is it busy? Is it on the up? Is it on the down? What What is it like? Uh, I can go on a virtual tour of the UK through slightly rubbish shopping centres that have seen better days. 07807 183 538. That's the text number. You can slide into the DMs or you can tweet me at WizRadio or on the email it's station at wizardradio.co.uk Get in touch. Let's celebrate all things rubbish about town centre shopping centres in the UK. If you're, if you're from America and you're listening or anywhere else in the world and you have all these glitzy shopping malls, I assure you there are absolutely nothing like what we have in the UK. You might be you might have a picture in your head. It's not it's not the same. Not at all. So let's have a chat about them some more in a little while. Mimi Webb is coming up as well. And now I really like this song. Doja Cat, Scissor, Kiss Me More on Wizard Radio. Live from a slightly funny smelling basement in Manchester. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Mimi Webb, good without Wizard Radio. I'm Alec. Hello. Uh, Anne-Marie's coming up. Tion Wayne as well. Thank you very much for listening. Coming up, what's going on? And war. More war. (laughs) Um, It's a double war show. I'd like to tell you about who else we might possibly be at war with next. Uh, But first, back to the British cultural icon that is the town shopping centre. Every town seems to have one. Um, Other ones I'd like to shout out include the Harlequin in Watford, uh, the White Rose Centre just outside of Leeds. There's so many and they've all got kind of bland yet memorable names. Um, and I just want to hear about the ones in your town because they're always just a bit depressing. Um, I went to one called the Trafford Centre, which is in Manchester this week, and was just really confused by the fact that it has fake marble columns, fake Roman statues, and a pool in the middle of the food court. Why? I don't know. Um, But they've all got just a little something about them that makes them unique and weird, and I want to celebrate them. Let's hear about them. Joe has been on. Oh, Joe, Joe, you're making me miss home. He says, my local shopping centre is in North London and it's the UK's most FOMO shopping centre, Brent Cross. Oh, shout out to Brent Cross. I have not been to Brent Cross for so many years. I can't remember the last time I went. But, you know, that that used to be a a classic Saturday afternoon back in the day. Or Sunday, maybe. I don't know, one of them. Brent Cross. uh, Joe says about Brent Cross... It thinks it's the British Mall of America. It thinks it's the biggest and most luxurious shopping centre in the world. It's actually the snootiest place ever. But, in reality, just quite depressing. For anyone who's never been before, this is what you need to know. The three flagship stores in Brent Cross are John Lewis, Waitrose and Phoenix. Think mum haircuts everywhere you go, a really smelly Abercrombie store downstairs, and they're always giving away some kind of mid-level car in the middle of the shopping centre. Oh, that, I don't think I could hear a more accurate description of Brent Cross than what Joe has just sent in, so thank you for that. Oh, Brent Cross. Yeah, I I don't know, I feel like, even though Brent Cross isn't that amazing, I feel an odd level of affection towards it, just because that's, that's my one, that's the one I went to growing up when I got the bus to school every day. The bus always went on to Brent Cross. Uh, yeah, oh, man. But you're right about the car in the middle. It's either the car or sometimes those, you know, those like bungee trampoline things. I remember them being in the middle of Brent Cross as well. Um, it was one of the two. But yeah. Fe- Fe- does Phoenix exist anywhere other than Brent Cross? I don't think I've ever seen one, but I've also never like heard about it in the news. You know, Debenhams, that was in the news when it was shutting down and all these other places. House of Fraser, that kind of stuff. Phoenix, it's not on anyone's radar. How, do- how does it stay in business? I, d- I don't know. But good on him, I guess. Shout out to Phoenix in Brent Cross. Hope to pass through you and not buy anything because I'm coming in from the car park soon. Uh, Olivia has been on. I'm about to give away where I live, she says. But my nearest centre is actually two shopping centres. If you know, you know. 
St. George's or St. Anne's. So good, they named it twice, but technically it's two centres that are connected. They're very similar shops and a cinema. I remember when I was younger, this place was the biggest and most luxurious place in the world. They had a game and an HMV. I think they had one of them in the Broadwalk at one point as well. This is going back a, a long way. Uh, they had they had game and HMV, the, the double double whammy. Um, Olivia continues to say, Now though, they're just two dead shopping centres with a semi-decent water stones, which I think has actually now shut down as well. I also saw two boys get arrested in there once, both of whom are younger than me, which kind of says everything you need to know. Uh, St. George and St. Anne's, do I know those ones? I don't think I know them. I, they don't ring a bell, but I do enjoy a Waterstones. Waterstones are always a good time. I prefer, I always think a Waterstones in a shopping centre feels a bit weird. You want, like, the high street Waterstones, like the one in Hampstead. Oh, man, this this will feel very London-centric today, I'm sorry. But the Waterstones in Hampstead, lovely Waterstones. Great place. I've spent many an hour in Waterstones in Hampstead, um, basically using it as a library because I didn't want to buy the books I needed for my degree. Ah, good times but um st george and sands yeah they don't sound that that fun the, the car parks are always horrible as well i remember the, the one in watford the harlequin is what it's called in watford is this interesting to anyone that's not me i don't really know to be honest but we'll, we'll, we're committed now let's carry on to get out of the car park you have to go around it's like a helter skelter for cars it just goes round and round and round and you get really dizzy when you're going around it and you just think it's never going to end and it's quite stressful and then suddenly finally you're like oh my god is this going to be it oh no just more ramp <gasps> is this going to be the end no just going around again finally you get to the bottom and you can leave and you're just dizzy and disorientated and in watford oh man terrible times anyway <laughs> frankie says alec i was going to say the white rose big up the white rose in in leeds uh, the place is so bang average but thinks it's great because it has trees indoor half the year and the staff have white rose uniforms that i've never seen in any other shopping center plus the food hall makes the whole place smell really bad because the white rose isn't big enough for the smell so it just kind of to like dissipate so it just lingers and you can smell food wherever you go whenever i get there i can't wait to leave i've only ever been to the white rose once you know i didn't notice the smell i didn't even notice that they had uniforms that was that's news to me i love that they have uniforms i've never seen that anywhere else and i didn't see the indoor trees i went to the white rose at the wrong time i might now have to go back to leeds specifically to visit the white rose center just so i can get excited about leaving the white rose center because it's not much fun wow yeah this all just it makes so much sense it just i don't know why it just clicks this is what britain is when people ask what britain is don't talk about, I don't know, like, oh, we love drinking tea and we have a royal family. None of that rubbish. Shopping centres. It's bang average shopping centres in slightly rough parts of town that smell funny and feel like they've seen better days. That is the true meaning of Britishness. And that is a hill I will absolutely die from. Well, that was fun. Um, shout out to the local shopping centres. You know, long live the high street. I hope Amazon and the pandemic haven't hit you too hard. Just keep doing what you're doing. You'll be fine. Next. War <laughs> with France, potentially. I'll explain everything after Anne-Marie and Niall Horan. This is new. This came out yesterday, and you need to say the name of it really carefully. Uh, you need to really enunciate, because it's called Our Song. It's Wizard Radio, Anne-Marie and Niall Horan with Our Song, or uh, Our Song, depending on how you pronounce it. Sally Felburn, Tion Wayne coming up, what's going on coming up. But now, I'm a bit, I'm a bit concerned. I don't fully understand... Um, defense or armies or um that kind of thing navies but i'm slightly concerned that we may have a slight issue on our hands um and the issue all started with someone called well an account called uk defense journal on twitter um and from what i can work out they post pictures of boats like naval boats from the uk and aircraft carriers and all that kind of stuff it's verified um but i can't work out whether it's it's necessarily connected to like the ministry of defense i don't think it is but i can't be 100 percent sure and that's why i'm worried because yesterday um they they put up a picture of two british aircraft carriers stay with me which are like those Aircraft carriers, basically, as far as I can work out, they're like runways that float. So you can launch planes off them, um, but they're in the sea, which is quite cool. 
and it says we are pleased to be the first to announce that French aircraft carrier Charles de Gaulle met up with, like their mates, HMS Queen Elizabeth and HMS Prince of Wales yesterday. Um, which you wouldn't think that would be a good thing um, if a you know a French aircraft carrier and a British one meeting up. Is that not how wars start? I don't know, but it seems okay. Except um, in the picture, the the two British ones, the HMS Queen Elizabeth and the HMS Prince of Wales. Can we just call them Liz and Charlie for short? Actually, no, because then there's we'll call them Liz and Wales because Charles de Gaulle. That's confusing otherwise. So Liz and Wales, right? They're they're quite big. And then there's this one in the middle, this tiny little aircraft carrier, which is the uh, Charles de Gaulle. And so this this picture got put up and it's done quite well randomly. It went viral. It's got like thousands of likes and hundreds of retweets. And, you know, I thought people were just getting on board with, you know, two boats meeting up. But actually, people have been pointing out the fact that this French boat is really tiny compared to the British ones. It's really small. Um, less than half the size, really, and that's that's that. And this has been tweeted, but loads of people have been replying to it, and they're they're quite angry, bizarrely. I don't know if it's French people who are angry or British people who are angry at the fact that in this picture, the boats are of different sizes. The English ones are massive, and the French ones are really small. And it turns out this was actually a joke. It was a joke that's backfired somewhat. Um, the French one isn't actually that small. It's quite normal sized. Um, it's, you know, but they made it look really tiny. And apparently this is defense industry banter. And they've now put up an apology saying, last night we posted an image as part of a friendly back and forth with French defense Twitter. I didn't know that was a thing. The image was an absurdly scaled comparison between UK and French car- carriers. Uh, today, tons of abuse from dozens of accounts. Many demanding we get banned or some of our team members lose their jobs. Um, so basically everyone's really angry because we made a French aircraft carrier look really small. Well, not not we, this, this defense journal thing. And now I'm concerned that because we've made lots of people angry because of this defense-based banter, we might now actually be at war with France. I don't know how it works. How, how do wars get started? Didn't World War One happen because of a funny tweet about Franz Ferdinand? Was that what happened? I think I did my history A-level coursework on it, but I can't quite remember. But we may now be at war with France because of a Photoshop picture where an aircraft carrier that was French was made to look really tiny. So uh, good luck, everybody. Let's hope that the tiny aircraft carriers don't come for us. Anyway, What's Going On is coming up next after this song from Tion Wayne and Russ Millian. This is Body on Wizard Radio. On Wizard Radio, Salik Feldman. And now it is time for our weekly round of this game. What's Going On? Every Saturday at just before four o'clock, we get into this game. It concludes before the end of the show at five. You have one hour from now, or just under, to try and tell me what is happening in the clip I'm about to play. I just want an explanation. I want it to make sense. I want to know why this audio that you're about to hear is why it is. What is actually taking place that explains all the weird sounds that you will hear. Because it's basically ripped completely from context. Um, It's impossible to try and work out what it actually is. It's very rare that we get a right answer. But we have a nice time. I enjoy reading your ridiculous explanations. So all you have to do is tell me what is happening here. What is happening there? That's a particularly confusing one this week, I think. I've made it really hard. So, what you can hear is some really, like, intense music that's proper, like... Like that, if you heard that. Um, there's that. There's a crowd who are kind of gasping and going, Oh, ah, <gasps> that kind of thing. <clears throat> and then right at the end, there's a, a voice someone saying i need you to be completely silent or something like that why why do why do they need to be silent what's happening what is the person who says that doing why is there an audience 
What are they reacting to? What is making them go, ooh? I want answers. So if you think you can explain what is happening in that clip, then get in touch with me right now, please. 07807 183 538. Get your suggestions in ASAP. You can tweet me at WizRadio. You can email station at wizardradio.co.uk. All you have to do is try and construct some kind of plausible, if not necessarily real, explanation for this clip here. I need everyone to be absolutely silent, but why? What's the laughing? What's the shock? Is this good? Is this bad? Any explanation, no matter how ridiculous, it doesn't have to be right, just entertaining. Send it my way, 07807-183-538 or station at wizardradio.co.uk. One more hour of the show, we'll find out what is actually happening before I go. Also on the way, an interview with Eurovision's Daddy Frere's cousin. It's coming up in a bit. Griff, Justin Bieber on the way as well. After the news, it's four o'clock. I, the voiceover guy, have been paid a small one-off fee to let you know that you're listening to Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. That's Griff and Black Hole on Wizard Radio. Justin Bieber, Daniel Caesar and Givian. I've realised I've been pronouncing that wrong all this time. With Peaches before that. It's Alec Feldman. Afternoon. Olivia Rodrigo is coming up and Ian Dior and Billie Eilish, so don't move. And tonight, after a very long wait, is the Eurovision Song Contest. It's back. It was cancelled last year because, you know, there's a global pandemic, but they had like loads of different plans in place. And this year, it is actually happening, which is very exciting. It's on the telly tonight. Um, I currently don't have anyone to watch it with. I'll I'll be honest, I probably won't actually watch it because watching Eurovision on your own is no fun and nobody's invited me. So if anyone wants to invite me to a Eurovision gathering, hit me up. Nonetheless, I will be supporting Daddy Freya. He is the Icelandic entry and he was their entry last year as well. He had that really catchy song, Think About Things. And it looked like he should have won. If there wasn't a pandemic, he would have won. And now this year, he's been allowed to enter again. He has to do a different song, but also... In a shock plot twist, one of his group tested positive for COVID. And so the whole band now has to isolate. And they can't even perform live. They're performing on a pre-recorded performance, which is a bit of a shame. Um, But at least they still get to perform. This could be their year. I really hope it is. Now, if you remember last year when it wasn't Eurovision, I wanted to get Daddy Fair on the show. I was unable to do that. But I did get hold of his cousin. And I've got her back again, so welcome to the show, Daddy Freya's cousin, Florence. Hello, <laughs> how are you? Great, welcome back to the show for your Hi. second appearance a year on. Hi. Yeah, we've come full circle, haven't we? <laughs> this time last year, Eurovision was cancelled, your cousin, was it cousin-in-law? I remember correctly. Yeah, so my cousin, Aldi, she's also part of Cousin she's married to Darwin. Ah, that was oh. the connection. This time last year, he was getting ready to not perform because all of Eurovision was cancelled. And this time this year, he's also getting ready to watch it from a hotel room. Yeah, so which is, you know, it is it is a shame, definitely. But they're all, you know, they're not sad about it because they're still performing in Eurovision. And the fact is that they still got through, like, the grand final with, like, their rehearsal tape. So it just means they're that good, you know? <laughs> That's really cool. I guess quite lucky that they didn't completely phone in the rehearsal. Well, exactly. But, you know, so I was watching um, an interview that they did, um, and it's on BBC, um, and they basically just said, you know, they've been ready for this for, like, two years now. So, yeah, they, they were ready for this a long time ago, and the song's great. They've got great energy. The dance is great again. I think they're going to do really well. I really hope so. I feel like they really deserve it. You know, it's their time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, Iceland is such a small country, so we don't really have anywhere to host it. So if they don't win, you know, it's not the end of the world, but if they came second, that would just be phenomenal. It would be awesome and very well deserved. Can I ask you a a question? Very, very important question. Yeah, obviously. So last year, there was a song... This year, there's a different song because they couldn't put the same song in twice. Do you yeah. have a favourite of the two songs? Okay, so 
I obviously, so Think About Things was stuck in my head for an entire year. But now that I've heard 10 years and I've sort of really gotten into it, I think now that's my favourite one. Really? I, I think so, but bear in mind, I also listen to Think About Things a lot. So now that there's like a new, fresh song, I'm just like, oh, this is so great, so much better. Well, not so much better, but you know what I mean? Mm. Like, You're not sick of the new one? I'm not sick of the new one. <laughs> and it's like, it is a really cute song because it's about um, sort of like the 10 years that he's been married to my husband. And even though like, you know, he didn't write it necessarily for her, he wrote it for Eurovision. I just think it's such a fun song. Um, so yeah, I think at the moment, 10 years is my favourite. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um... There was that film out last year with Will Ferrell. Oh my god, yeah. About yeah. Iceland and Eurovision. Yeah. Uh, has Dottie seen it? Does he have thoughts on it? You know what? I actually have no idea. But um, I know, so like, people in my family, they've all watched it and they just think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, funny ridiculous. Mm. Um, because, you know, they stereotype Icelanders quite a lot, but it's just not wrong either. <laughs> not that far-fetched. <laughs> um, but no, I, I honestly have no idea if you've seen it or not. Um, but I think I think anyone who watches it, you know, you do think it's funny and, you know, it's just a big joke at the end of the day. Here is an idea I've had. And I don't know whether you have the power to make this happen. I really hope you do. If Dorothy Frey, your cousin, wins Eurovision, I would like to see a victory performance of Yaya Ding Dong. Oh my God. Think about the likes. so iconic, wouldn't it? If you you have any way of making it happen, please do pass on the message. Shall I drop her a message? I'll text my cousin and be like, hey, if you guys can... Well, the thing is, they can't go on stage, can they? I don't know, do it on, on Zoom. Oh, yeah. Hotel room. I don't, I don't know. One day it needs to happen. I will try my best to get in contact with Alden and um, see if they would be willing to play Ya Ya Ding Dong as a celebratory song. <laughs> Amazing. And one more thing. Obviously, we have you on as a Dati Freire expert because you are related to him. However, it has also been pointed out that your voice even though you're from completely different countries, sounds quite similar to Dua Lipa. And I was wondering whether I could also get in the bag just an interview with fake Dua Lipa, just really get my money's worth. Wait, Dua Lipa? Yeah, I think I've, I've heard her speak, I've heard you speak, I think you sound quite similar. Oh, right, okay, okay. So, can you... What me to pose as Dua Lipa for you? I think just, just pretend to be Dua Lipa. Uh, you know. Hi guys, it's Julie for here. <laughs> exactly. See, it's perfect. Uh, how do you feel about the the Brits and the Grammys and stuff? Oh yeah, I'm so so honoured. It's been lovely. You know, this year's just been great. I love making music. Um, shout out to all my fans. <laughs> exactly. See, it's perfect. It's perfect. I feel like I've got two interviews for the price of one. There. Thank you very much, Florence. Where are you going to be watching your cousin perform? Um, so I'm going to be watching it from Leeds. I'm driving up there at the moment. Um, so me and my boyfriend, we're going to watch it together because he loves Eurovision probably even more than I do. I bet so. he feels like he's locked out marrying into the Freya family. Oh, you know what? I know. <laughs> it's like my one cool claim to fame. So he's going to have to hang on to that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, have a good time. I hope Dusty can finally take what he deserves. Yeah, me too. And thank you for coming on as his official cousin spokesperson. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Now, we've got to play a Daddy Freya song after that. I'm not going to play Think About Things. I'm going to play Florence's preferred song, the current entry for Iceland and Eurovision 2021. This is Daddy Freya in 10 years on Wizard Radio. How good. Daddy Freya, the new entry for Eurovision 2021 is 10 years and it was on Wizard Radio. And before that, we had his actual cousin on the phone because he was unavailable. His cousin to talk about Eurovision tonight. And we also had a surprise appearance from Dua Lipa. What are the chances? This show is just so star-studded. You never know when a huge celebrity guest like Dua Lipa might just pop up. Incredible. I'm Alec Feldman. Hello. Thanks for having us on. Olivia Rodrigo is coming up, who is not performing at Eurovision tonight. Uh, Ian Dior and Trippy Red are also coming up, and they're also not performing at Eurovision. Good. Um, so, I've decided I'm going to become an influencer. If you can't beat them, join them. 
that's the saying and i'm kind of sick of influencers you know scrounging free stuff and reviewing it and being all picture perfect and putting a filter on everything and all that stuff and i'm sick of it so i'm gonna join them um i wasn't planning to but i ended up being given something for free this week and i know that's what happens when you get given stuff for free you are supposed to like review it and put it on your social media and then hope that people send you more free stuff admittedly i wasn't i wasn't sent this thing for free i just they were giving them out for free on the street uh, i don't know how covid safe that is but they were giving out some free samples whilst i was wandering around and i picked one up <clears throat> and now i would like to review the free thing that i received this week hashtag gifted okay are you ready um it's it was like a, a paper bag for a start right that was the thing. I'm not going to say the name of the company, and you'll understand why in a minute. Um, but I was hashtag gifted this paper bag, and it promises drinks, snacks, and more delivered in 30 minutes. Right, well, that sounds kind of exciting, but also a bit like Uber Eats or delivery or whatever. So the difference is, in this paper bag, it contained some food, like a, a nice little balanced snack bag, and... Uh, inside was kind of like a meal deal basically which is kind of a cool idea you know deliver meal deal type things to people so people don't have to pop out to the little tesco or the little sainsbury's or whatever it is an all right idea however i would like to talk you through what was in this bag and the business model of this company and explain why i think it's probably a bit rubbish and it's not going to catch on so inside my paper bag um it contained a tuna crunch sandwich first of all it also contained a grab bag of walkers ready salted crisps and it contained a massive galaxy bar you know the kind that you'd share with other people and that was it that was the <laughs> the balanced meal deal inside this bag um, a tuna sandwich a galaxy bar for like four people and some walkers ready salted what are they thinking? Sure, like, do they not know how much people love their meal deals? How passionate people can get about their meal deals? There are Facebook groups where people rate their meal deals. And yet there's this company thinking they can put together a bang average meal deal. Just like go down to the local petrol garage, buy whatever they can see in front of them. Stick it in a bag and sell it to you for a markup. Are they crazy? <laughs> I don't understand who would go for this. Go, go through it one by one. A tuna crunch sandwich. Quite a, you know, pedestrian choice. Not the most interesting thing you could get as part of your meal deal. There was nothing special about the sandwich, really. It was, you know, kind of a bit dry. It was literally just tuna mayo. And the crunch, you know where the crunch came from? There was uh, a very thin piece of lettuce that looked like it had seen better days. That was where the crunch came from, in the tuna crunch. Literally looked like they just popped down to the BP garage to pick that one up. Again, Walker's ready salted. There are so many crisps in the world so many crisps why would you go for walkers ready salted in this bag when like mccoy's exist kettle crisps exist pringles exist knickknacks exist there's so many different types of crisps and yet they've gone for a walkers ready salted okay fine but then i'm really baffled by the massive galaxy bar who, who casually has that for lunch they're like oh yeah you know i fancy tuna sandwich packet of crisps and then an entire galaxy bar that's designed for four people to share. <laughs> Who does that? Nobody. They could have like put a drink in or something. I, just, I don't really think they've quite got this right. Going down to the petrol garage, buying a meal deal and putting it in a paper bag is not necessarily a great business model, especially when they charge two quid for the delivery. You could literally get two thirds of a meal deal for that. You just have to go out and get it yourself. And you could probably get it quicker than in 30 minutes as well. I just... I don't understand this this thing. Why do they exist? What are they trying to do? Who is going to pay money for this? I don't quite understand. And that's why I'm not naming the company because it would be quite mean to slag them off. But if you want to try and, I don't know, deliver lunch to the desks of the nation at lunchtime, you're going to have to do better than a really quite bang average meal deal in a paper bag. I'm sorry. It's a harsh review, but it's fair. And that is the last time probably that I'm ever going to get hashtag gifted anything even though I just picked it up for free on the street from someone. So that's my influencer career up and running. Here we go. Is that how you do it? Oh, maybe not. This is Olivia Rodrigo and good for you.
Wizard Radio, Olivia Rodrigo's new song, Good For You. And if you're trying to put that into your Spotify to add it to your playlist, that's the number four, the letter U. Just think of like phones for you. There you go. Uh, coming up, Ian Dior, Billie Eilish, Conan Gray. What's going on will be concluded before the end of the show. We have about 30 minutes left together. Let's make the most of it. Uh, next, I have had a conversation. <laughs> oh, no. I just, <laughs> I've just been called out for being a bit accidental partridge. I was talking about this earlier. Yeah, maybe it was a little bit, the whole phones for you thing. Yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, you know how we're kind of coming to the end of this whole global pandemic thing? You know, not the end, but it's looking better than it has done previously. And in the UK, things are unlocking, you know, hugs were allowed, indoor hospitality, all that kind of stuff is back. There's a couple of things that have just kind of lingered from, I mean, really from like March last year that haven't gone away yet. And I think it's probably time to, to get rid of them. Let me give you an example. Um, this has happened a couple of times in the last week or so. I've been talking to people. I had a call with my mate, um, and as he was kind of getting ready to go, he was like, all right, well, great talking to you. I'll see you soon, I hope. Um, take care. Stay safe. Bye. And I was like, stay, sa- stay safe? I mean, like, that, that feels like a very Marx 2020 thing to say. I'm like, oh, stay safe. Stay safe. You know, people kind of got a handle on what's going on now. I don't I don't think necessarily we need to keep staying, staying stay safe. And then somebody else, like, they sent me a message, they're like, hey, I like, hope you're safe and well. And I was like, yes, I am safe and well, but thankfully, I'm very, very, very lucky to live in a place where that's kind of a given that I'm safe most of the time, which, you know, it's very lucky, but there was a, a period last year when this whole pandemic thing kicked off, when that did become a sort of a greeting, be like, oh, stay safe, stay safe, you know, look after yourself, stay safe. And... I mean, I'll be honest, there were two good times to stop saying stay safe. Um, the first time we should have stopped saying it was in, like, April 2020. The second best time to stop saying stay safe is now, in May 2021. I'm kind of over the whole stay safe thing. I know it felt like an appropriate pandemic greeting then, but a lot has changed since that point, and I think we should probably now retire. Ooh, stay safe as, like, a a standard greeting or parting message for people it just it it feels odd it feels weird to me and obviously i'm not trying to trivialize what people have gone through for the last two years but i just don't understand why it needs to be used as a greeting now it doesn't make any sense to me because you saying stay safe will not really have any material impact on whether or not we do stay safe and we don't really need to acknowledge the fact that we're in a pandemic anymore because everybody knows that. If you don't know we're in a pandemic, then I can't really help you. So I think let's let's retire the whole stay safe thing now, okay? If you're still staying stay safe to people, it's it's probably time to to not do that and go back to what we used to do before the pandemic. We're just like, all right, see ya, bye, take care, all that kind of thing. Stay safe, I think. It's time has come, okay? But there's probably a few things like this. Things we've picked up over the last year and a bit that, you know, were changes that we came up with in reaction to the whole global pandemic thing. Some of them it's probably time to get rid of them. Maybe some of them we should keep. I I haven't thought of what we should keep necessarily. Maybe I I wouldn't mind, like, wearing masks on trains and supermarkets, like, for a while longer. That I'm kind of okay with. But like the elbow bump, that was rubbish last year. Let's not keep up with the elbow bump. That that is also time to bin off, I think. So, stay safe and elbow bumps, both things I think we should probably get rid of at this point in the pandemic, sort of 15 months in. But but what else is there? If you know, can you send me a message? 07807 183538 if you've got any other suggestions for what it is now time to retire given that we're kind of almost at the end of COVID-19, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, 07807 is my text number. Station at wizardradio.co.uk is the email. Or on socials, at wizradio is where you can find me. What are we phasing out? What are we keeping? All these things that have come about in the last couple of years, I think it's time to phase out, stay safe. But what about you? Let me know. In a bit, Billie Eilish. Next, though... I'm playing Ian Dior. I've said this before about him, what I'm about to say now. Um, I've done some research, though, into Ian Dior, other than my own personal opinions. 
and I've condensed all that research into a mere 60 second guide. So now I'm going to tell you everything I've been able to find out. It's all completely accurate, by the way, about Ian Deal. Let's go. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60 second guide. As I've previously observed, Ian Dior has embarked on a personal mission to become the next Sean Paul, and I found out why. When he visited the careers advisor at school, he told them he wanted to make loads of money whilst doing as little work as possible. The career advisor laughed in Ian's face, but Ian knew it was possible, and Sean Paul was the proof. When was the last time Sean Paul actually wrote a song, or released an album, or went on tour? Who knows? Who cares? Sean Paul can make a living simply by turning up on other people's songs, doing a rap he probably wrote in the car on the way to the studio, and then doing a few bit of bung bung bungs over the singing. It is the best job in the world, and Ian knew that he wanted to do it too. And you know what? He's doing pretty well so far. In the last few months, he's turned up on songs alongside 24K Golden, Glass Animals, Mike Shinoda, Clean Bandit, and now Trippy Red. Ian Dior is now omnipresent, just like Sean Paul. However, he is still working on the catchphrase. One day, one day. And that is Ian Dior in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Come and join the fun from a safe distance. Billy Eilish in your power on Wizard Radio. Ian Dior, Trippy Red before that. Uh, I'm Alec Feldman. I've just seen in the last few minutes some terrible news that Edward from Jedward has a, a burst appendix and he's in hospital having his appendix removed as we speak. So I hope he's all right. Uh, thoughts with Jedward? Poor guy. He's put some selfies up of him in hospital in a mask. He doesn't look that great. So, hope they feel better soon. Anyway, uh, breaking Jedward news aside, you know how we've been living in a pandemic for a lot of the last year and a bit? Um, there are a couple of things that I think we need to now stop doing if we haven't already. You know, not, you know, not the important things. I'm not talking like demask. I'm just saying maybe... Maybe now is the time, if you haven't already, to stop saying stay safe to everyone you see because it feels very March 2020. Uh, see also, um, oh, what was it? I can't remember what the other example was. Um, but I think that is, it's time to get rid of that. Oh, and the, the elbow bumps, they, should, they need to die. Uh, they can go as well. And I want to know what you've, you've kind of done with now and what you think maybe we should keep possibly like i was saying i wouldn't mind like if indoor mask in public places kind of became the norm in like flu season or whatever george has been on saying i agree with getting rid of stay safe and stuff like that uh, also see how are you doing well you know i'm all right all things considered get rid of that as well he says i don't need constant reminding that the world is rubbish at the same time though i do think we should keep the whole hand washing thing going um, and the whole hand sanitizer thing as well um, less for me more for everyone else because people are dirty Alec he says most people don't even shower every day I don't think it's unreasonable to want someone to wash their hands before touching me yeah you know what again I quite like the hand sanitizer in public places although I would also I think we need to add moisturizer in public places if we're gonna keep hand sanitizer in public places because my hands oh they've never been worse skin wise yeah but no yeah i agree i like the hand washing i even now i'm still doing the whole 20 second hand washing thing i don't know if anybody else is i don't sing happy birthday anymore because again that's very march 2020 but i'm doing the hand washing and i use the sanitizer when it's available and that's why my skin is now really cracked on my hands but i do it for the people i'm glad you're with me on that crusade george uh, yasmin says i think we need to get rid of any conversation about covid or People say things like, wow, this year, because that is not a conversation starter. Wow, what a year it's been. Okay, Karen, I get it, Yasmin says. Uh, Seriously, though, I think we should keep the whole mask wearing thing for one very good reason. Yes, they stopped the virus spreading, that kind of stuff. That's good. But answer me this, Alec. In the past year, have you smelt anybody's bad breath? I was thinking about this the other day. I've had zero instances of smelling bad breath in the last year while everyone's wearing masks. And I think that is the solution. Well, that and people brushing their teeth, Yasmin says. Mmm. I, yeah, I don't remember what bad breath feels like to smell on other people. It's true. It's just, it's vanished. I mean, it hasn't vanished, but the only people that know now are, well, you. If you've got bad breath, you'll know about it because of the mask. What? Oh, this, okay. Theory. Even though mask wearing has eliminated other people suffering bad breath, for people who have bad breath, 
A year of wearing a mask has made them realise they have bad breath and taken the appropriate remedial action to prevent the bad breath from being a thing. Is this a good theory? I think there should be research done on this at like universities and stuff. Because it's true. The masks, they create like a whole feedback loop. You now know what your own breath smells like. So if you don't have nice breath, you can take action. You can sort out those three minutes of brushing. Hmm, interesting point. And um, Matt's sent a message as well. It says, my thing to get rid of and my thing to keep is almost the same thing. The thing I want to keep from the pandemic is TikTok because the app is genuinely good. The only social media I've actually enjoyed using. Instagram and, Sa- Instagram and Snapchat feel like a chore, but TikTok is fun. I enjoy it. But the thing I want to get rid of after the pandemic is TikTok in public. If I see another person doing a dance into their phone in public or two people doing the trends, I don't know what I'm going to do. That needs to end. But Matt, isn't that the whole point of TikTok that people like get involved with trends and film stuff outside? That, like without that there wouldn't be any content surely half the app is just people doing things outside and passers by going oh look they're doing a TikTok that's what it is how can you get get away from that but okay yeah I see where you're coming from so TikTok should stay just without any content of people making TikTok in public got it well I think that's a good place to wrap this uh, wrap this one up Next on the show, we'll have what's going on. Conan Gray first and astronomy. Stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Wizard Radio with Conan Gray. That is astronomy. And I'm Alec Feldman. Nearly done. Miles is on at five o'clock. There is just about time to do two things. To play Little Mix and to find the answer to this question. What's going on? Earlier on, I played you a clip of some confusing happenings. Um... Completely ripped from context, utter chaos unfolding. You just have to try and work out what is happening. Here is that clip again. I need everyone to be absolutely silent. See, there's a lot going on there. There's a big crowd. Sometimes they're laughing, but sometimes they're going, oh, there's a person who comes on the end and says, I need everyone to be absolutely silent. And just some really tense music in the background. What on earth is happening? Jade has a suggestion. This is obviously from a TV show, she says. Correct. I think it's from a medieval TV show. Maybe the scene is from a joust or something like that. There's definitely horses involved. And a big crowd of people who are standing round. The music is just a bit old-fashioned and it's giving me medieval TV show vibes. Kind of like Game of Thrones, but probably not Game of Thrones. It is a TV show, you are right. And I think, actually, thinking back, it is actually kind of medieval looking. They're, They're dressed up a bit like that. I think one of the people, the person who says, I need everyone to be absolutely silent, is either dressed... She's dressed like a clown or like a medieval jester. I can't remember which, annoyingly. Uh, but that actually, yeah, kind of rings a bell. There aren't any horses involved, but there are obviously a crowd of people. You know there weren't TV shows in the medieval times, right? You're not saying this is a TV show from the medieval era. It's set in the medieval era, right? No, it's not quite like that. It's not a fictional TV show. So your Game of Thrones vibes, not quite right. But you have successfully identified, although this bit wasn't that difficult, that it is a TV show. So well done, Jade. And you also got bonus points for medieval suggestion. So not bad, not bad. And uh, Manny has been on. He thinks the audio that we heard is a fight, but not an equal fight. I think there's like three or four people lined up. And the queen, who is the one at the end who says, I need everyone to be absolutely silent, is punishing them. You can hear people being hit. You can hear grunting, someone laughing as well after someone gets hit. So I think it's a punishment from a TV show. There's also a here we go or a there we go, which makes me think this was something that had been planned in advance. Hmm, interesting. It's not a fight. There isn't a queen involved as such, but it is It is kind of like a reality TV show type thing. It had been planned in advance, I believe, but it's not, it's not a punishment as such. But you know what? Between Jade and Manny, we're actually kind of close this week. These aren't terrible guesses. What is going on in that clip is... Uh, TV's Vernon K. <laughs> yeah, 
is putting his face in, you know, at like the seaside, there are those things, boards where you can put your face in them and like your face is then in the picture. You know what I'm talking about. He's putting his face in one of those and someone who is dressed up, I think like a clown or a jester, who is the person that says, I need everybody to be absolutely silent. She's throwing knives at him, really sharp knives and getting them in the wood and trying not to hit Vernon Kay's probably quite expensive face. So that's what's happening. It's Vernon Kay on the telly on a show called, I think it's a Game of Talents, uh, having some knives thrown at him. And that's that. That is what's going on. So you were both kind of sort of there. Thanks for playing if you did and getting involved. Well done to Jade and Manny who are actually not a million miles away. That is what's going on this week. Vernon Kay having knives thrown at him. And that's all we've got time for. What a fun show it's been. I've had a lovely time. I enjoyed the war hour. I particularly enjoyed having Daddy Frere's cousin and fake Dua Lipa on. That was good too. If you've missed any of it, don't worry. Don't sweat. There's a podcast. It's called Alec Feldman, the podcast. You can just go listen to that. Go catch up. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. You know, you name it. It's probably on there. So check it out. And we'll do it all again next Saturday from 3 till 5 p.m. Have a good one. Miles is on the way next after Little Mix and Confetti. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.